another episode of Beanbag Hub, a comfy space for story sharing. I am Miyu, and I am a university student in Japan who loves to read and write. Thank you so much for visiting my podcast. Whether this is your first time or not, I'm very happy that I can share with you another writing of mine. I have been thinking about what to do for my second episode, and after some thought, I thought it would be nice if you can get a feel for what kind of writing I plan to share with you in the upcoming episodes. As you may already know, my last episode featured a poem that I wrote based off my personal experience, so it was a non-fiction work, in a way. So today, I want to share with you the complete opposite, a fictional short story that I wrote when I was in middle school. I know it's been quite a while since I wrote it, so there's probably many cringy bits and strange grammar, but nonetheless, I think I was quite proud of this work at the time, and I still am, and I hopefully will still be, after I recite it to you here. The story is called The Independence Project, and to give you some background, I wrote this short story for a school competition back in middle school. I say competition, but it wasn't anything super competitive, it was more like a let's write stories and share them with everyone type of thing. And at this time, I was beginning to read dystopian novels, which will later become my favorite genre of books. Specifically, this work was greatly influenced by a novel called The Giver by Lewis Lowry. I won't spoil any details, but The Giver is a young adult dystopian novel set in a society that appears utopian at first sight, but you guessed it, the world becomes more and more dystopian as you read on. You follow Jonas, a 12-year-old boy protagonist, in his journey of understanding the world that he lives in and his ultimate discovery of what is missing in his world. Now, going back to my own short story, I think you'll find many traces of this theme of dystopia and discovery. And if you've read The Giver, you may find many similarities between the two stories. Now, without further ado, let's dive into my short story and I can discuss in more detail about behind the scenes later on. The Independence Project It was almost December, although the weather was always dim. Rain poured on the windowsill of the grey houses, where the people stayed. People hurried through the streets, speaking of nothing, nor making eye contact. Luke was alone at his house, pondering on about how much of a repetition his life had been. He had felt something he couldn't quite express in words, although he knew it depressed him. Then his mind flickered with a saying he once heard, You'll feel it someday. It's called loneliness. Everyone should feel it, but unfortunately, it's only us. He hadn't understood who it was that told him this, 
nor what the saying meant, but something told him that was what he felt. The rule restricted the residents of this community from having any connection or relationships with each other, although he or the others never knew what connections or relationships meant. All they knew was speak of nothing nor make eye contact. Days passed with no change, and one day, the email came. The leader of the community let every citizen email one person every month with a very strict rule of no private information shared. It was the only opportunity for people like Luke to communicate with others, although even names weren't allowed to be shared. The email he got that day was slightly distinguished from the others he got in the past. It stated, Hello, I've finally found you. I'm Ginger. What is your name? Luke was astonished by the email he had received. It was illegal to share your name or to ask for anyone else's. Should I report this? Luke wondered. But before he could do anything, he received another email. It was from Ginger. Don't think about reporting me. I know a big secret. If you want to know, tell me your name. Luke was stunned. How in the world did she email me twice? He knew this ginger was different. Something about her email stood out, making him want to tell her his name. Maybe it was because of this whole big secret. He didn't know, but he replied. Hey ginger, it's me. Luke. Everything changed after the name exchange. Ginger told Luke about the procedure of hacking into the community's system to be able to email any time they want. Time passed so quickly after he'd known Ginger, as if something made the earth spin faster than before. Then one day, they decided to take a risk. Luke agreed to Ginger about meeting face to face. His brain was uncertain of this choice, but his heart was ready. He couldn't bear the repetition anymore. He wanted to break free of the cycle, so he went. You'll find an entrance to a small underground room. I'll see you there. The instruction led Luke to the underground room. Hey, he heard a voice. Standing in front of him was a slim girl with wavy brown hair that went down until her shoulders. Her hazel brown eyes stared right at Luke's eyes, filled with happiness and wonder. I'm Ginger, and you must be Luke, she said. Before Luke could say anything, Ginger held out a thick notebook with a stained leather cover. This is my grandfather's diary. I found it in my house, and I knew I had to show you this. Ginger said as she flipped through the pages of the old stained book. Ginger flipped to a page. It said, The Independence Project. The text read, October 28th, 3019. Independence Project must be stopped. It will erase any connections and relationships between people, as well as taking away emotions. We must find the hidden phone in the community and call the outsider of elsewhere. When that is done, the project will be over. Luke picked his head up to look at Ginger. 
Ginger was almost in tears. My grandfather died from the project, Ginger spoke weakly. My grandfather and yours, Ginger added. What do you mean by that? Luke said in surprise. Ginger explained everything to Luke, how grandfather shared the same blood as you, how his grandfather told him the saying, how both of their grandfather had died from the project, and the only way to stop this was to find the phone. Don't you feel like something's missing in our lives? Something taken away from us, Ginger said. It's all the emotions, connections, and relationships. Luke thought about this when he went home, and the next day told Ginger, I'll help you find the phone. Not only did he want to help Ginger, but he wanted to find the peace that was lost in his community, the connections and emotions. He went to the underground room to meet Ginger and started his hunt for a phone. He had heard from Ginger what a phone was, and he was ready to go. But as soon as the hunt started, the robots weren't going to make the job easy for them. What do you think you're doing? The robot said in its emotionless voice. The robot went after them too. Find it, end it, the robot told the others, as if their lives meant nothing. All Luke could think about now was to find the phone, no matter what it took. He didn't want people to suffer the way he was, and that was probably what his grandfather thought as well. I found it, Luke suddenly heard a voice. It was Ginger, holding the rusted phone. But there was no time for any joy. The robot had captured Ginger and was dragging her away from the phone. Hurry, Luke, call, Ginger yelled with the rest of her might. Then she collapsed. Ginger, Luke screamed, fear and anger ripping through his throat. He ran to the phone and dialed a number that came to him like magic. The phone rang loudly through the emotionless community. Then suddenly, he thought he heard a voice from the other side. Or perhaps it was only the robots signaling his departure from life. Dun dun dun. So yes, that was my short story. And I think you can see the themes that I talked about appear. To summarize, the story is about Luke, the main protagonist who lives in isolation learning about relationships, and ultimately trying to restore connection in his community. The story is set in a dystopian community where people are banned from establishing relationships with others, for whatever the reason may be. So Luke doesn't understand the concept of parents or grandparents, which is why Ginger explains about relationships later on in the story. I'm not sure how Luke was born or put in the community to begin with, or how the phone call was supposed to restore these connections, but I left the ending as a cliffhanger so we never know exactly what happens. Reading the story again, I feel like the ending was super rushed, but I guess it had to be this way at the time because of the thousand word limit that I had. Looking at the story closely, I did make some deliberate choices like using house instead of home to give off the cold and lonely atmosphere of the setting, 
or using emotional language like fear and anger at the end when Luke screams Ginger's name. Does this mean emotions have been restored? I'll leave this question open to you. Thinking about the concept of losing connections, I feel like some parts of the story can apply to our world now, especially now that it's become more difficult to see each other face to face. Increasing number of people are studying and working from home, and there is less need for people to be living in central cities. And all of this raises the question of what happens when the world no longer depends on connection to function. And this reminds me of another book that I recently read called City by Clifford D. Simak. City is a very uniquely set-up science fiction novel that is split into eight linked short stories. And if I remember correctly, the first short story discusses the fate of a world where cities become obsolete due to rapid technological advancement. Basically, now that everything can be done virtually, people in city leave the cities for the countryside to live their entire lives in their comfortable homes. And both the independence project and city makes me question how our view of cities, a center of connection, will change as a result of COVID-19. Will our connection become primarily online? Will we start forming our own comfortable bubbles with the rapidly evolving technology that surrounds us? I think these questions are very intriguing to think about, and the fact that so many questions emerge from reading dystopian novels is a large part of why I enjoy this genre so much. And that wraps up this episode. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Beanbag Hub podcast, and thank you so much for sticking around. I have one announcement before I go. I have created a blog where I post all of my works that I feature in the Beanbag Hub podcast, and I have left the link in my show notes, so please check them out when you have the time. I hope I'll see you back in my next episode with more stories to share.